Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes of Kung Fu. Uh, this is the season finale for season three, and we're having a great discussion on internet trolls and uh, and how they like to just fill the vacuum of their fucking lives by destroying others and things to that effect. We have a great discussion. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we also have are posting a survey for you to take. We really need your input into the future of the show. We want this show to grow in the way that's going to be important to you folks. So we want to hear what you're interested in. And we figured we set up this survey, and the link to the survey is in the description of the show, but we'll also post it on our Facebook page. And we'd like for you to just, it's, it's short. It's like, it's less than 20 questions. Just basically saying what you're interested in hearing. And in taking part in the survey... If you give us our email, if you give us your email address at the end of the survey, you can win a uh, an autographed poster of Alex, the Kung Fu Genius. It's a fucking cool poster, and I hang it in my bedroom, but my wife won't let me. Anyway, enjoy the show, folks. Bye. <laughs> Welcome, your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hey everybody, and welcome to the season finale. Uh, how's everybody doing? How you doing, Alex? <laughs> you seem a little thrown off your game there. Is something different this week? Yeah, well, we, as people can tell, we, we had just recorded our new uh, opener, and I just... Listening to it just threw me all off. I was like, oh, I don't know what to say. Fuck, you know. Yeah, because you no longer ha- have me at your beck and call to to dance like a monkey and say the words <laughs> of Kung Fu, right? Speak when just- I say to speak, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now it's automatic and I can, you know, I can save my vocal cords. Yeah, because <laughs> God forbid Alex should have to say one fucking canned line. You know, it's like he gets a hemorrhoid over it. So <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, even worse. So how's your week been? My week is awesome, dude. I had a great fucking week because I'm like a kid in a candy store. Last weekend, for some, I don't know how it happened, but I just kind of convinced my wife to let me go buy a guitar. Really? Yeah, I was like, you know, honey, I want to. This is good. I, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning how to play the blues, the type of music called the blues. And the blues. I like how you say a type of music called the blues, as if like, um, well, yeah, I've heard of the blues. Man. Let me put it this <laughs> way, jerk off. We have we have visitors. You know, we have people listening to us from from the Czech Republic. I'm not telling you what number on the list, but we have people from the Czech Republic listening. That they, they okay. may not know the blues. It's a style sure, of music. Sure. Yeah, this is definitely so, not international. Go on. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate him and love him on so many levels. It's amazing. <laughs> At the same fucking time. So anyway, there's a, a guitar that's often used when playing the blues called um, a, a Fender Stratocaster, which I've always mm. wanted. And right. um, and it's like my baby now, man. So the, my wow. wife was just like, how much is it? So I tell her. And I had like some gift cards to Guitar Center and shit. And she's like, yeah, go ahead, go. Have, just go buy it. You know, wow. have fun. And it's awesome. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I love it so much. So cool. I've been playing with that all week, and I'm really happy. That's great, man. That's really great. How's yeah, my week going? is basically man, my week's basically the same: teaching, training, repeat, writing. Um, I just finished, as I mentioned on the last podcast, my next uh, editorial for Wing Chun Illustrated. 
um, which is all about that MMA Tai Chi thing that happened. And uh, I've been actually working out on the Concept 2 rower quite a bit lately, um, just kind of been a, really into cardio training and how it uh, is able to improve my ability to punch things for a very long time without getting tired, which is kind of nice. And um, actually, I'm going to be at a bit of a loss because we're closed this weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend, so there are no classes the entire weekend, including Monday, although guaranteed I'm going to come into my school on Sunday and train anyway, and I probably have a couple students who want to come on Monday and train. So even when we have uh, uh, you know long weekend or whatever, it seems pretty impossible to stay away from this place because it's just it's hard for me to take a break from that long room. Uh, doing Wing Chun, so um, you know. But otherwise, you know, gotta hang out with my kids and do things like that. So uh, it's kind of a, a, a slower paced weekend that I'm used to. So, are you doing anything for the Memorial Day weekend? I actually am. Uh, tomorrow's um, well, when you when you this podcast lands, Saturday was uh, my mom's 75th birthday. Wow! So wow. We're, happy birthday! Yeah, so we're having a little party for her here at the in the backyard. And we have uh, you know twenty seven of our closest friends. <laughs> That's and, great. That's great. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun. You know, it'll be nice. We'll barbecuing, and we're gonna set up a little karaoke machine. And I'll I'll probably uh, wow. Play, well, I'll, are you gonna are you gonna do Journey? Uh, if you do it, you have to you have to film it, man. I need to see that. You need to send it I to me. I actually <laughs> have the red spandex pants waiting. Wow. There you uh, go. Hey, you know one of her one of her one of her good friends is a. Uh, a, a, a singer in like a 50s cover band right. so i'm um, thinking about like uh maybe i'll play guitar and have him sing and do some wow. like uh 50 songs and stuff that'd be fun it'd be cool you that's know? great when, yeah. whenever i hear the words karaoke i always have these crazy flashbacks to my time learning from sifu learning because whenever he would come to new york uh i'd usually put him in a hotel in flushing and, uh, and so obviously for, for people who don't know, Flushing, Queens is, a, is another Chinese area. It's basically one of the three Chinatowns. Yes, three. Although actually we technically have four Chinatowns now because Elmhurst is also kind of a new Chinatown as well. But uh, Flushing is one of the four Chinatowns we have. And so uh, after the seminar, we would go back to Flushing. We'd grab something to eat. And then late at night, he'd be like, hey, let's go karaoke. And, oh you know, that's God. not really... It's not really a question like, hey, do you want to come to do karaoke right, with sure. me? It's, it's, it's kind of like, we're going to go do karaoke. So uh, I have all these crazy flashbacks of being in Flushing at three in the morning while he's belting out these old Mandarin tunes. And I'm trying to keep my head up like because I'm falling asleep. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you, um, I mentioned before the podcast that um, our executive producer, John Madigan, is going to be doing a poll Yes. out there for, to get some information. Can you can you explain a little bit about it? Because I have one of the prizes here, apparently. Okay. So here's the deal, folks. We're going to, we, you know, we want to make this podcast as enjoyable for you guys as possible. So what, we, what we're doing is uh, John is going to post a poll or survey. You won't, even, you won't even see that it's from John. It'll come right from the, the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Um, he's going to post a survey basically on... What do you what do you like for us to talk about, and what do you you've had enough of, kind of thing, you know? And you, I'm not sure exactly sure how we're going to word each question, but it may be something like, um, "Are you interested in hearing more about Wing Chun? Are you here interested in hearing more about Jeet Kune Do? Are you, are you interested in hearing more about Kung Fu movies? Are you interested in hearing more about Sean and Alex's personal life? Are you interested, like that kind of thing?" You know, like, you know, but like, I'm, I'm, they'll be, but John's writing the question, so they'll be a lot more intelligent than the way I say them. 
And I was just thinking the per the personal the personal life questions are so open ended. Like you know, Sean. So you know, like what well, like, what I mean is, are they just sick of hearing me talk about my my guitars and and, and Sherlock Holmes? You know what I mean? Right, like how right, much right. I love Sherlock Holmes and the guitars and. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. People must be sitting at home, maybe sitting home rolling their eyes. And who gives a fuck about his guitar, you know? <laughs> sure. But so so we want to, we really want to tailor the podcast to the listeners that have been loyal to us for all this time. And we want to really, you know, get what you guys, we want to give what you guys want to hear. Um, and in doing so, we are, we're, we're going to have our second prize that we're giving out. We have one thing going on right now for people to post a screenshot proving that they are subscribed on either iTunes or Google Play. Um, everybody that posted posts one of those one of those um, a screenshot of them showing that they are subscribed via iTunes or Google Play. We are going to pull a name out of the hat and give somebody a free T-shirt. Now, with this survey, anybody that does the survey and However, you know, you prove it like um, a, a screenshot of a commi committed, like a, a completed survey or something to that effect. I'm and sure it'll come back to John when they complete it. Right. We, I guess it may be a place to give their name or whatever. However, it's going to work out. We want whoever completes the survey is going to go a name in the hat and have an even cooler prize, which I'm, I actually want myself. But Alex doesn't believe me when I say that. Alex has this huge poster of himself that used to hang <laughs> that used to hang in his bedroom. <laughs> above above my bed, directly above, above his my bed. bed. Now I actually wanted it above mine, but it it freaked the people out that I bring in there. So no, it's actually this really cool poster of Alex. Um, yeah, so I'll describe this, the poster. This, yeah, so this poster actually used to be uh, you know, from most people who follow the podcast know that I teach Wing Chun here in Midtown Manhattan, and so uh, I'm on the fourth floor, so in order for anybody to know where I am, I have one of those, you know, sandwich boards, sign, street signs on the street so people can see, like, hey, go up to the fourth floor to learn Kung Fu, and so I had a, an inset in there, which was a poster of me uh, in Hong Kong, and we just updated it, so we just replaced it, so it's the old one. It's a little bit weathered, but it's in full color, still in good shape, and if anybody, uh, um, you know, fills out the the survey, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, that'll put you in a random drawing and then we'll send it to you. Here it is for people who are watching us on the video. This is just a part of it. Um, it's actually really cool. Yeah, it's uh, me doing the uh, slant kick from the Chunky at a temple in Hong Kong. That's the very same temple where they shot the scene in Enter the Dragon where Bruce Lee uh, is uh, doing the whole uh, finger pointing away to the moon scene. It's a beautiful Buddhist temple. And that photo is also in uh, um, my will be in my second book as well. So I took it out. The things in still in really good shape. So we'll, we'll make that one the prize. And and for those of you who didn't quite, um, uh, you know, just to make it clear, the the first the, the the first one that you guys need to do is you need to let us know that you have subscribed on iTunes or Google Play. And then once you've subscribed. Take a screenshot and put that at the Facebook page for Dudes of Kung Fu, so that we know that'll enter you in the prize. What 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 is that prize? A T-shirt. A T-shirt. Right? Dudes of Kung Fu T-shirt. Awesome. And then uh, this uh, one, this will come out in the next few days. This will be a survey that'll go out on the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page, and then you'll be able to win this awesome thing. So those are just a couple things we have going on, getting now, ready now for our big season. Will you autograph the poster yeah. for the people? Uh, I will autograph it as Sean Madigan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, come we on, make, that'd be cool. Make, 
we should make that a thing. All of my stuff will autograph is you. All of your stuff will autograph is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll autograph it. That's not a problem. That's awesome, man. That, that's it's actually a really cool poster. I like it a lot. Cool, so, cool, cool. Uh, we also do. We, we have a question that came in through the dudes of Kung Fu page. Yeah, right? one of our one of our loyal listeners um, wanted us to talk a little bit about uh, training Kung Fu for kids, teaching Kung Fu to children, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it's a great question. You know, I mean, I don't know how much of our audience this applies to, so we're going to keep it short. But um, we think it's a great question. We want to talk a little bit about it. Um, I, for me, I remember when I was uh, learning from Matt Thornton, he had a program called um, Play as the Way. And the emphasis on his teaching was that the training had to be fun. And um, so there would be a lot of like bouncing balls and, but it was, uh, everything involved uh, some kind of aerobic workout, tumbling, gymnastics. He was teaching basically Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and and MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu more than MMA. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of like um, acrobatics to it just to get the kids used to like, you know, rolling around and jumping and things. But the emphasis was on laughing and having fun. Sure. And I think that's just a, I think that's the way it can't be punishment. It can't be work. It can't be, let's go train. Ugh, ooh, kung fu. It's got to be, hey, you want to play? You know, I, th- I would literally just call it play all the time. I would, let's right. play kung fu. I mean, you know, that's, um, what about, what's your thoughts on this, young man? Uh, well, um, yeah, I think, you know, martial arts for kids is a really, really great thing. But of course, it depends on the instructor, it depends on the school. Um, the thing it depends least on is really the style. Because honestly, if you have an instructor who really understands how to communicate well with kids, knows how to keep the atmosphere um, playful and fun so that the kids are engaged in their learning and kind of, you know, toe that line between, you know, them having a really good time, but them also learning things like discipline, respect and, and things like that, then it doesn't matter if the kid is doing karate or judo or, or Wing Chun or this or that. It, it depends on on the instructor's ability to teach that age group or those varying age groups for kids. Um, it's amazing nowadays the big strides that they've made because uh, like the EWTO, the European Wing Chun Organization, about 10 years ago, they created a kids program, which is amazing because teaching Wing Chun to kids is always a bit difficult because um, it's kind of technical. It can be a bit dry. It's really a martial art that's more for adults. Right. And they figured out a way through games to essentially teach the uh, – um, Wing Chun to kids, but of course, you know, they dial back a lot of the heavy chi sale requirements and they dial back a lot of the more violent, like elbow strikes and things sure. like that. But what they do is they play almost like they've turned chi sale into certain games where they're learning pushing, pulling, balance, as opposed to like bong tan, fuk. It becomes more about the developing certain attributes and things like that. And and th- that's amazing. I mean, they did a really good job with that. Um, Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Uh, the, 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 you know, the Gracie brothers in, in Los Angeles, they have a really amazing kids program where it's all games. They're teaching jujitsu through games and they have these cool, fun names for everything. And, and that is more the kind of ideas that if the, if the kids don't know that they're really learning something, they think that they're playing or they're just being challenged in a game, but they're actually learning skills. That's really the, the best step there. And as long as they have fun, I mean, it, it's difficult because for me, um, when I did martial arts as a child, the martial arts school I went to, which I originally went to a karate school and then I went to a taekwondo school, they didn't have kids classes, you know, right. because this is like back in the 80s. 
And certainly there were martial arts schools that already had kids classes back then, but not all of them. So I used to train with adults and, you know, I had to be quiet because the adults were quiet. You know what I mean? There was I, I, there was no chance to be the one kid that was acting up because that was just not allowed. And even as a child in, you know, I mean, there were maybe two or three other kids in the class, but there would be like 20, 25 adults in there. Um, I knew that I wasn't supposed to misbehave or act out of line. And, and but I realized when I see a lot of other kids when they're with each other, they don't have that. And I don't know if that came from my upbringing or that just came from my understanding very early on of what martial arts, traditional martial arts training is. But, um, it, you know, it, it's pretty impossible to, to teach kids the same way that adults learn, although I was the exception, but I don't consider my, I, but I, I leave myself out of that argument, right? Um, as long as it's playful, as long as it's fun, and as long as the instructor is really comfortable with that age group, um, training martial arts uh, for kids is, is, is a great thing. In terms of specific tips or whatever, you know, keep it playful is the only thing I that's, can say. That's really the most yeah. important thing. You know, Alex and I have a mutual friend named um, Carlos Gonzalez who um, teaches Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do. And he's always posting pictures of him teaching his, um, his son, his daughter, and now his nephew. Uh, three adorable kids. And, you know, and you can tell they're having a lot of fun. You can tell this is not like some super serious kung fu going on here. But, you know, the kids are laughing. They're having a great time. But you know what? He's teaching them about balance and structure. And they're, and, it, and it's some sort of like uh, he always has some sort of cardiovascular uh, running, climbing upstairs. And, but then he has math for them to roll and tumble on and. And have fun, and I think that's a really awesome thing to do. I think that's a great thing to do. I, I kind of feel yeah. like even me with myself, with my kids, I kind of missed the mark when my kids were young. I um, I was doing MMA a lot back then, and you know the, the training was very serious because the guys were getting in a cage to fight. So it wasn't a, a fun environment in the basement. It was work, you know? <laughs> so uh, well, what we used to do, the one fun thing we used to do is so we would train for like two, two and a half hours a night. So about halfway through the class, I would always, we always take this break, and then I would, because uh, we, I taught in my basement of my house, and I would yell up the stairs for my sons to come down, and they could each pick one guy to fight <laughs> and roll with during the break, you know. Uh -huh. So um, it, it was a lot of fun. So my kids at the time were like seven and ten, and you know they would come running down the stairs and. They would find like you know one guy be like, "Hey, you tattoo boy, yeah, come here." <laughs> I'll never forget one day my son Nick was, I mean he, he was probably about seven or eight years old, and um, he you know the kids come running downstairs and I explained we had a new guy there. He was only you know it was like a second night or something. So I explained to him what was going on that the kids get to pick someone that they wanted to fight and you know they have to roll around with them. So the new guy, being a sweetheart of a guy, says, oh, well, hey, pick me, I'll fight you. And I never forget my son, Nicky, turn around and going, get this, the new guy wants to roll with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. As if he was the shit. But like that, that part there was really fun. But I really wished I had um, emphasized more of the fun in the training. Right. And I think they would be more into it now than they are. You know, it's. Right. I think they would look at it. They looked at it as as work, and that's my fault. I didn't do it right, and I wish I would have done it more like, like I said, like Carlos did, where it looks like it's obviously fun. 
So that's the key I, got, I, got, I got two little girls, and and the, the littlest one seems to be the most interested. So she's awesome. she's not she's not even two yet, but. I'll, I'll go on top of her like when she's on the couch and I'll position her feet on my chest so she has to kick me away. And then right. when she kicks me away, I, I, you know, I wave my hands like she did something big. She starts laughing and then I'll go back again. And then the second time she puts her feet there by herself already so she knows what to do. And then she kicks me and then and then I'll take her feet and move them all the way to the side and then try to go on top and she'll reposition and put her feet on my chest nice. and kick me off. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of teaching him that way. And even my eldest daughter, Maria, I'll, you know, I'll take a swipe at her head and she has to duck underneath it. And, you know, just things like that that are, you know, for reaction and coordination and stuff that's fun. But, you know, no no bong tan foot stuff right. yet. So. Well, I, I had taught both my kids how to box and they actually boxed uh, at Gleason's gym. That, cool. that was... Uh, that was a lot of fun, actually. But, also, um, interesting, also interesting, this week, totally by coincidence that this is one of the topics, um, uh, the producer for the Yip Man movies, uh, which are actually the, what was the topic of last week's podcast, uh, his, his name is Singwat Lam. I was uh, chatting with him on WeChat, and he sent me a video where he was holding the pads for his son. I think his son is maybe five or six years old. And his son was doing like a full kickboxing routine, like jab, cross, low kick, high kick. You know, and he was like doing basically kind of like a kickboxing or Sanda uh, series with the mitts. And his son looked pretty good. And you could tell as a dad, he was very proud because he just sent me this video without any kind of like, you know, just like check this out. And then, and then, <laughs> and then it was pretty cool. And then I, I, I uh, he doesn't really write English. So I write him in Chinese. And then I, I, I said that. Uh, your son is a kung fu genius. <laughs> there you go. Cool. So, so yeah, that was kind of cool. But I, I hope that helps a little bit, folks. I, you know, um, I, I'm with a one more quick story about my kids because I'm proud of my kids. And my my oldest son John, when he was about 12, he was a pretty good boxer. He still is, but he was a pretty good boxer back then. And um, we were we were boxing, and you know, I was holding the mitts for him and stuff, and. Whatever, a shot got in and hit me in the nose. I mean, and I got a bloody nose. And, you know, it took a little while to stop, but it is what it is. I don't care. You know, it is, you know, Alex probably had 500 bloody noses. It happens, right? So, um, but that night, I just gospel true story. He's 12, right? That night, I'm like, all right, you know, it's like 9 o'clock or something. I'm like, all right, time for bed. And he goes, no. And I'm like, no, John, what do you mean no? Time for bed. And he goes, I don't want to go to bed. He goes, I'm going to watch TV. I'm like, I know that, but you have to go to bed. And <laughs> deadpan looks me right in the face and says, I think you're forgetting who gave who a bloody nose. <laughs> and I looked at my wife. I says, leave the room because I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> he needs a fucking beating right now. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly they forget. Right, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, so tonight we wanted to talk a little bit about something that's kind of ubiquitous in the martial arts world, but certainly within Wing Chun, or at least maybe we're just more sensitive to it in Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do, uh, which is trolling, online trolling, you know, comments on YouTube, uh, you know, troll Twitter accounts, Facebook comments, all these kind of things and, and how people react to them and kind of, you know, what, what, what they mean for the greater uh, the greater martial arts world and 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 such. I thought it was would be kind of a funny topic for us to talk about tonight. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to people like when I talk about people giving constructive criticism, right? When, when people like post on the podcast 
or on a YouTube video, well, I would do it differently or, you know, my seafood taught it this way, how is yours different? That's not trolling. Right. Trolling is just saying stupid shit. Saying stupid shit just to just to, just to irritate people, not to right. educate. Right. To, to, to aggravate the other person. Right. right. That that's the sole purpose. The sole purpose is just aggravation. And if and if and and you know what? If you do that, you're a dick. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> End of topic. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, I mean, the discussion certainly isn't whether there's any kind of defense of trolls or whatever. Right. But um, it's it certainly, you know, it's funny. My students often come to me, especially my more senior students, and they're just like, "Oh man, I read this online. I saw this. I saw this." And 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 they wonder. They go, "Is it is it like a Wing Chun thing that everyone kind of hates each other and everyone trolls each other?" And I'm like, "Well." If you look at it, because I'm a total martial arts geek, and and I'll go online and I'll get sucked into a rabbit hole of like Kyokushin karate politics. You know what I mean? So I'll be like, right. you know, one night I'll just go and like look at what happened after Masoyama passed away and stuff, and I'll go, no, <laughs> those guys have it too. And then you know, look at like a Kempo karate, like after Ed Parker died, and like that was a total mess, right? Oh yeah, so, what a mess. So I think the thing is that. When you, whether if you do Wing Chun, you become very sensitive to the trolling that's based on Wing Chun. If you do Jeet Kune Do, you, you become very sensitive to that. I don't think hardcore Jeet Kune Do people really uh, know the, the trolling issues of Wing Chun, for example. And then if you look at Hungar, there's lots of trolling in Hungar. So I think it's just that it's a matter of that thing that you concentrate on, that thing that you hold dearly, just gets the magnifying glass. But this is kind of human nature, and the internet has done something really interesting. It's allowed the spread of information to, you know, go as 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 quick of a snap of, as a snap of the fingers. You have information at your fingertips, but at the same time, it's also allowed people who 20 years ago would not have had a voice, and most likely for good reason. <laughs> right. You know, it's, exactly. It's kind of like the, the internet is 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 a double edged sword because now anybody, I mean, even two knuckleheads like you and I can have a podcast. You know, right? And it should be stopped. It, it should be like a petition be, or something. Stopped immediately. But if you think about it, 20, 30 years ago, this medium didn't exist, and if you and I wanted to be able to reach an audience of this size. Well, we would have to hustle and like get on TV or get on legit radio. And, and even then, I mean, what TV or radio station is going to allow you to talk about martial arts for 45 minutes to an hour? So the Internet is this beautiful thing, right, that, that's allowed all sorts of things. But one of the byproducts of it is that anybody can post, you know, somebody who's an authority, a real true expert can write a beautiful dissertation on a topic and then somebody can write a fuck you <laughs> as a comment or like you're full of shit. You know what I mean? Or like eat my balls or something like that. And that is a comment that's legitimately on some kind of expert's dissertation on something. You know what I mean? And, and that's something that, we, you know, uh, although it's nothing new, we've been dealing with it for years now. But in, in the scope of media, it, it's kind of a weird new phenomenon. And, and people can do it anonymously. They have fake Facebook profiles. They have fake Twitter profiles, Instagram, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I have people troll me on Twitter with fake accounts that don't even have real names and photos. And it's like, that's what the, are you that, doing with your life, man? That's the part that really, at least when the, a troll has the balls to put his real name to yes. something. Yes. Then you kind of sit there and say, okay, the guy's a dick. Yes. But at least he's willing to put his name right. to it. And you know you know who he is, you know where he lives, it's it's all legit. And then right. you know, and then that person almost ceases to become a full troll because they're standing behind it. But right. like the anonymity, like if you ever want to, 
you know, really just feel the depravity of human beings. Just go to YouTube. Watch, go to YouTube and look at the comments there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and what, what's even what's even crazier is that um, you know you have people on YouTube. Uh, for, I'm just using YouTube as an example. This is actually a problem all over social media. But like they will they will be argumentative no matter what the Wing Chun video is, and they will post as if they're really an expert. And right. the strange thing is, you always have to ask yourself, you know, if somebody is really an expert in something. What the F are they doing commenting with all these low-flying turkeys on YouTube? Like, if you're really an expert, you're out there doing it, teaching it, writing books about it, experiencing it. You're not there, you know, arguing with people who have a very low uh, comprehension, like nothing certainly to match yours as an expert, but yet at the same time, you're taking time to, to, to match with it. So this tells you from the offset that these people are not really the experts they purport to be because an expert would not waste their damn time like that. Like, you know, Leung Ting gets trolled a lot online, but Leung Ting is never online, never online talking about anybody because he's out mm. doing it. You know right. what I mean? And, and, you know, although Moyat passed away a very long time ago, there are people out there trolling Moyat. If Moyat was around today, I doubt very highly he would be there himself co commenting on it because, you know, there's a certain point where, you know, you're either the dude that is doing the talking or you're the dude who is being talked about. Right. And it's much better to be the dude that's talked about than the dude that's doing the talking. And that's the hardest thing for trolls to understand because by doing talking, they're trying to legitimize themselves. But it is it, it, it's totally a zero sum game. They're totally defeating their credibility by doing it. <laughs> right. It's exactly right. I mean, it's the people that there's there's been people that I, I really became disappointed in when I learned that they were trolls. Right. You know, there's one guy in particular who I really, you know, was uh, looking up to him in a way, you know, because he, he is in some ways like a, 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 uh, a an, I don't want to say an expert because he, he, he really has a lot of information and he was helping me out with some things. He was guiding me along. And then I learned that he's a fucking piece of shit fucking troll. That does nothing but troll videos on YouTube when he could be so much more. Right. But he's just a fucking lowlife. And it just, you know, and it really annoys the shit out of me because, I, you know, I just, it was more the disappointment in him as a person. Right, right. You know, like, that really upset me the most. I mean, and he actually fucking just, he trolled, I had posted a video of my seafood doing a small section of the long pole form. Uh, he was my my seafood was teaching my students and me because uh, corrected a mistake I had made on the long pole form. We videoed it and we threw it up on YouTube and this dickhead fucking made a a stupid comment about uh, Moyat and the pole and and it was just so lame. I was just like, right. what the fuck are you doing? Like. Right, right. Grow and up. it's even more embarrassing because you know who it is and that person right. doesn't know that you know that they're doing it. Um, and, and for the audience, we're, we're obviously not going to reveal who this person is, but I, I was the one who, who had figured it out and told Sean about this uh, notorious, I mean, he is probably one of the most notorious YouTube trolls. And um, he, he thought he was, and he was basically trolling everybody, Lang Tang, William Chang, all these guys. But he, he made a couple mistakes that, that gave away his identity pretty easily. Because, um, and this was, I mean, he's been doing this for years, and, and this started happening years ago. And, you know, occasionally I, I suffer from a bit of insomnia. So at two in the morning, 
it wouldn't be unheard of that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole of the internet now for the next two hours. And I would uh, scan this person's YouTube comments because he had, he was particularly vicious against uh, Leung Teng. And uh, which, by the way, is nothing new. And I was very close to Leung Ting for nine years. And if anybody says bad things about Leung Ting, sometimes I'm like, well, you don't even know the half, sir. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's no real slam on my former teacher. But, you know, he, he is not an easy person. And it's understandable why he is not uh, well-liked among, among certain uh, uh, members of the Wing Chun family. And that's fine. Um, but there was this one troll who just every video just went it just but just with like massive viciousness you know and then i started to think like who the hell is this guy because clearly from the way he was writing it's american english he wasn't a british guy um he wasn't some chinese guy there was no chinglish in there there was no uh european inflection he wasn't a german guy he was straight up american he'd say like bro and all this kind of bro and all this kind of stuff right so i'm like okay uh, Sean, did you ever did you ever take those tests in high school where they're tr you're trying to figure out what kind of job you'd best be suited for, like the guidance counselor, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So mine was detective or F or FBI investigator. So that, that is actually, which is funny because I think I've applied those my kind of investigative brain to to the martial arts. But so I just sat there and I'm like, okay. I'm going to like totally Sherlock Holmes, you know, AKA Columbo, maybe more like Columbo, this guy, right <laughs> there with my, you know, glass eye and my weird questions. Right. Mm. So I, one I, more thing. yeah, one more thing. So I, so I started looking into it and I started looking at all of his comments and I started to see that there were lineages that he bashed more than others. And there were certain lineages that he didn't bash. And there was one in particular that he didn't bash. And then I realized, hmm, I'm starting to think this guy might come from this particular lineage, right? And then I started to look into it, and I realized that he would occasionally write some comments on that lineage, which I believed he was from, but they were kind of innocuous, and they were definitely not as vicious, and they were more attacking the guy doing it and not where this lineage comes from, right. okay? So I was like, hmm... And then he made a few mistakes. He said that he worked in the entertainment industry uh, when there was the writer's strike a few years ago and he was out of work. And then that made it very easy to single out people who are learning in a certain lineage who are out there and work in the entertainment industry because there's something called IMDB and you can see if people have movie credits. And lo and behold, this guy might have movie credits. So I was like, hmm, I'm starting to think this. And I sent them a private message. And, and his answers were very interesting. They were very like, uh, 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 and then he didn't say anything. Now, I'll tell you a very funny story about this one particular troll because, of course, it's not to single out this guy. The purpose of this podcast isn't because we could easily say who he is and then really make him look like an idiot. But um, it's, it's kind of just to, to point out um, that the people who are really hardcore trolls, they tend to all have a chip on their shoulder or they have a, or, or as Sean might say, a bug up their ass. You know what I mean? And so there's a reason for them to troll. Just like we talked before about people crashing your school. Like if people want to challenge you, it's normally because it's something personal, you know, like it, it's not like, you know, they just like, there's something going on that this person is upset about in their head. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you a brief story about this particular troll. Okay. So this particular troll was a member of a certain lineage, right? And then he moved to another state. And in this state, the lineage that he belonged to was not represented. 
So he um, decided to do the next best thing and go to the local Wing Chun school, which happened to be a Lang Ting Wing Chun school. And uh, I know the owner of that school, and I knew about this story years before I even knew that this guy was the troll and also made it more understandable why this guy hated WT so much. So he came and he was from another lineage. So he, you know, the forms are always a little bit different between styles and the footwork and this and that. And he was kind of like, he joined the school, but he didn't really want to relearn what he did before. He just wanted to do everything the same, which I always think is kind of strange. Why do you go to somebody's school if you don't want to learn something new and you just want to do what you did before? If you want to do what you did before, just train on your own or open your own school, right? So he had been training there for about six months. And apparently at the WT school, they were telling him, well, you can't step this way. You need to turn this way. Uh, when punch comes at you, you have to move this way, this way. You know, They were trying to teach him a lot of fighting things, and he wasn't really able to do it. But they said they accelerated him a little qu more quickly because he had some Wing Chun experience, and he starts doing chi sao. And he tries to start teaching his partner what's what, even though he's learning a new way of doing things. And needless to say, he got beat up because he took, uh, he took a normal class uh, lesson and he decided to make it confrontational. And one of the students, whom I also know very well, um, had to basically smack him around. And this guy left. And then a few months later, he opened his own school. He was a Sifu and he represented his old lineage some way, somehow. And uh, suddenly, the biggest, most notorious YouTube troll shows up online who happens to not say bad things about his own lineage, but happens to really bash the Langting lineage and in every way gives every clue that he is this guy. And that's the thing. Usually, if, if somebody's just not completely ignorant about another style, and that's the reason why they're trolling, they have something personal that's driving them. And, you know, that, that's kind of definitely the situation with this guy. Um, but I, I feel that most of these people who troll, they're either lacking something or they have something, there's some, some anger, some unresolved anger inside of them, and they need to lash out, make themselves feel better. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I agree. It's a, it seems to be like there's a, a lot of jealousy. I think um, with, uh, with people that I, you know, I've, have seen, especially like on Facebook, um, I think they, they get jealous of other people's success or other people's notoriety and fame. Right. You know, right. it's like, not that this happened, but like picture like, you know, I'm, I, you know, Alex and I are great friends, but like secretly I'm pissed off that he's famous and I'm not. And, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and I, next thing I know, I saw I'm, I'm friends with him, but now I go into some like secret Wing Chun group as you know, pick a name, whatever, and um, as Ice-T, Ice-T Chung, and <laughs> I, start, I, I start, yeah, I start trashing Alex, it, it, it'll all derive from my jealousy at his fame, and why is he famous? Because he's good at what he does, and he puts the work in. If, you know, people feel like, and I feel like with trolls, this runs rampant, they forget that other people are most often very good and, and famous because they put the work in. Right. You know, and they were more... Alex is famous in Wing Chun because he works hard at it. Not because he's lucky, not because... I mean, I'm sure a little bit of luck was involved. 
Yeah. You know, in fact, I think he's famous in spite of his looks. Um, <laughs> but no, big hit. Like, right, you know, he put the work in. The guy, you know, he's not sitting on his laurels. He's fucking working his ass off. It's, you know, and there's, he and he builds himself up first. And by raising himself up, raises those around him up. And that's the way we have to be. You know, if you look at Alex as an example of the way a Wing Chun instructor should be, other Wing Chun instructors want to be around him. Why? Because Alex builds himself up. And in building himself up, takes his students with him. Takes his compatriots with him. He can make sure that his bunk style is correct without saying to me, Sean, your bunk style is wrong. He can say to me, let me show you how I do mine. If I'm not interested in it, that's up to me. But he builds himself up. He makes, when I say builds himself up, I don't mean by advertising. I mean by working hard and by putting in the training. And and if these trolls would fucking put the work in, they, they would get better at what they're doing. You know, they would get more famous. They would... You know, and I, I kind of feel like this idea of um, it, it's not a it's not a zero sum game. Situ- zero sum game. Yeah. It's not a zero sum game where yeah. like if he's famous, it takes away from my fame. It doesn't. Right, right. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I wanted to be famous, well, one thing I should lose some fucking weight, work hard, get better at what I do, and and perhaps I'll get famous. It's up to me. <laughs> Excuse me, but. I don't need to dig on Alex and other people that made it right. to, to make myself better. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the, the other day, Alex, it was posted publicly so I can talk about it, right? Uh-huh. Alex was invited to a uh, by sea ceremony in um, the Wan Kam Leung. Wan Kam Leung lineage. Wan Kam Leung is a student of uh, Wong Sun Leung, and uh, one of his students also teaches here in New York. And so this is, quote-unquote, Alex's competition, right? Um, not that Alex has ever used that word, but they both run commercial schools in New York City. So in, in the real world... They're, we're, they're, we're, the, we're the only two, so actually we are literally each other's only competition. <laughs> right, exactly. So there was... What's his name? Uh, uh, William Kwok? William Kwok. Sifa William Kwok, yeah. Right, so Sifa William Kwok had uh, a, a by sea ceremony, which I saw some, some of the pictures. It looked amazing. Yeah, it was. And um, he invited Alex, and he invited some of my Seabox, uh, William Moy and uh, Miguel Hernandez. And um, I thought it was such an awesome thing to see these top-level Wing Chun people come together and celebrate an awesome happening like this by sea ceremony. And it was, you can, and it was perfect in that there was no. The people that were there obviously are not into fucking over other Wing Chun people. Right. The people that were there were there to celebrate a different lineage getting disciples. Like how Alex wasn't sitting there cross arms saying, fuck, these four students should be with me and not with William <laughs> It's like he was he genuinely had a smile on his face. He was with he was with his compatriots, other Wing Chun people that put the fucking work in and and, and, and there was this awesome ceremony that he was involved in, that he was invited to take part in or at least participate and watch. Right. 
And I can picture, and I just know it, I can picture some Wing Chun people in the New York, New Jersey area looking at that picture saying, why wasn't I invited? You know, damn it, I should have been invited. That fucking Alex, he can't even keep the same hand color. You know, it's like, <laughs> and instead of saying like, oh, I better work hard and do what I can do to put myself on that level, all these people will do is shit on the people in that picture. Right. They'll shit on my C-Box. They'll shit on Alex. They'll shit, they'll shit on William Kwok's school because they were not invited to this ceremony. That's me. Why wasn't I fucking invited? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, 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 you'll get to meet Steve William Kwok uh, most likely at my anniversary, so we've sent him an invitation as well, so you'll get to see those people. Well, it's interesting that you said that, in particular the way you said it, and I think that this is something that it's obviously it's as old as kind of human interaction did you ever read the book zen in the martial arts by joe of Himes? course yeah so joe himes has one of the chapters in the book where he's, he's talking about cutting the line and and what he, he which is basically what you said about people who build themselves up now we're not talking about building yourselves up ego we're talking about developing yourself right developing your right. skills in martial arts in business in whatever it is that you do and so what often happens is that somebody will try to you know increase their line of skills and abilities and this could be you know in, within the martial arts themselves this could be running a school whatever you're, you're increasing your your line in terms of your skills and other people they don't want to do the same thing they don't want to increase their own line they want to find some way to cut yours right and and and, and that is the problem and the, and although he wrote that book i think in the 70s way before the internet but that's essentially what a lot of this internet trolling is they're looking at somebody and, and it's not to say that like some trolls may legitimately disagree with something because, oh, this guy's doing something different than my lineage or whatever, right? Um, but really what they're trying to do is they're trying to find some way to cut that person down so that they can feel better, show that they know more or something like that. And, and truth, and you know, and I want to tell you, it's not limited to people of our generation. And, and I will, I'll mention something that um, I personally find brutally sad all right like uh, well sad but also kind of like in a train wreck kind of way where like you still want to look at it you're like are those, are those bodies flaming i think they're flaming hey honey look those bodies are flaming you know now I mean? when he says flaming he doesn't mean fabulous he means he's actually on fire yeah so there is a student of grandmaster Yitman who is actually on facebook and uh, which is very rare because most of Grandmaster Yip Man's students are quite old now and most of them are not uh, in, in a life stage where Facebook is necessarily something they would want to do. But there is one. He's on Facebook. And um, he's somebody um, who was actually a very early period student of Grandmaster Yip Man, but he kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we, over the years, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Wing Chun geek. I've, I saw his photo pop up here and there or whatever, but he never ran to school because he never taught professionally, and that's fine. But now suddenly he's using Facebook as this platform to essentially denounce all Wing Chun that he doesn't agree with, which is essentially all Wing Chun except the it Wing is. Chun he does and maybe one other guy, right? Because everybody is wrong because he's the only one who really teaches it the way he did. And this guy's fake and that guy's fake and, and, and so on. And I remember somebody, you know, he, he even said like, oh, Lung Ting was never a student of Yip Man. And then somebody sent him the interview that Yip Man had where Yip Man said Lung Ting was his closed door student because it was actually in an interview. It was in the uh, 1972 New Martial Hero. And then he's like, well, 
you don't know how much the guy paid to have that put in there. I'm like, this is an interview that came out while Yip Man was alive, oh, you know? Him. Like, it, but of course, he he's the guy who has the, um, uh, you know, the platform now, and everybody's like, oh, thank you so much for letting this. And he bashes everybody, Leung Tang, William Chung, um, and Wong Sun Leung, he praises a lot because, of course, well, everyone loves Wong Sun Leung, but he still finds ways to talk shit about Wong Sun Leung kind of, it kind of like in a backhanded kind of way. And then here's the funniest thing. I don't know if I mentioned this on the uh, on a previous podcast, but he said, I am not doing this to put other people down. I just want the truth to be out there. You know what I mean? So he's 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 assuring us that none of these things are personal vendettas. These are all right. this is all the truth as if it's coming from he himself, the almighty. Right. And then I shit thee not. And I apologize if I already mentioned this on another podcast. He said that he had a certificate. Um, uh, it was called uh, like an upright. It, I forget the exact name of it, but it's something called like an upstanding citizen certificate. And uh, and he did I did I mention this before? No. So he's like, I have an uh, upstanding citizen certificate issued by uh, the Hong Kong government. So therefore, I am not someone who is prone to exaggeration, right? And, um, you know, for those who don't know my wife, my wife is from Hong Kong and she was a lawyer in Hong Kong for many years. Right. And, and I, I ask her because um, this this student of Yip Man posts almost every day and it's just hysterical. And uh, he even, by the way, was talking lots of crap about uh, Wan Kam Leung, who uh, is I consider a friend of mine. Uh, Sivu Wan Kam Leung has always been an absolute gentleman to me. Um, I've met him in Hong Kong a couple of times. I've seen him here in New York a couple of times. And, uh, you know, an absolute sweetheart of a man and, and a very skillful Wing Chun Sifu. And here this guy, this student of Vietnam, is cutting him down because, as, as many people know, Wan Kam Leung modified his Wing Chun style, his practical Wing Chun style. He changed changed some of the body positions, the footwork, the hand techniques and things like that. Um, and, of course, because he changed it, it's not the traditional Wing Chun. So this student of Vietnam is just bashing, you know, Wan Kam Leung and all this kind of stuff. And then he wrote that he had this upstanding citizen certificate or whatever. Therefore, he is not prone to exaggeration. And I asked my wife, I said, Carol, you were a lawyer in Hong Kong. I'm like, what is this upstanding? And, and by the way, it's not actually called an upstanding citizen certificate. The exact name escapes me, but it's something very close like, an upstanding right. citizen certificate, right? And she said, what? And he's saying that because he has an upstanding citizen certificate, this somehow means that he is like, you know, whatever. She goes, do you know what an upstanding citizen certificate is? I go, no. She says, it's a certificate that you have no criminal record. <laughs> and she said, so if you go, like, for example, if you want to go to China and marry a wife in China, you may need to bring this certificate to prove that you don't have a criminal record. And my wife had to get that certificate when she came over to here and we did the immigration for her. So my wife has a certificate and I wouldn't listen to one thing she has to say about Wing Chun just because she has it. Right? <laughs> it was just so funny how people kind of conflate and they really try to say, like, and when you read between the lines, you see that he clearly has personal issues with a lot of Yip Man students because there's a difference between whether you say things factually or where you have ad hominem attacks like secretly woven into your arguments. Because if your argument is legit, you don't need to attack the other person. You just need to state facts, and you can do that in a very cool way. He doesn't do that. He's clearly like very emotional and hot-headed, but then he has a no criminal record, so somehow that means his, his opinion of Yip Man students is, is, is beyond uh, uh, 
uh, beyond reproach or whatever. This is totally ridiculous. Without Alex, without obviously without saying his name, was that the guy that contacted us when we first started the podcast? And, and yes, sir. Oh, yes, what sir. a dick. Yes, he says. So this guy, yeah. So anyway, so this very same student of Yip Man, I think we sent him like, um, you know, like, oh, could you like our our dudes of Kung Fu page or whatever? And then totally unsolicited, he sends us a message to the dudes of Kung Fu page where he says, Bruce Lee did not understand force theories, therefore his Jeet Kune Do is not real martial arts and all this kind of stuff. And 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 it was kind of like, no, no, this is just a podcast where we're talking about martial arts. You know what I mean? And and then the funny thing is, I actually had to correct him because. His understanding of the term Sifu was incorrect. And because uh, for people who may not know that the, the, in Chinese, there are two characters that mean Sifu. I think I've discussed this on the podcast before. Sure. There's, Sifu means uh, somebody who's a, an expert or a coach in a blue collar trade. So a Sifu could be an expert in martial arts, could be a teacher in martial arts, but could also be an expert in blacksmithing. Even taxi drivers in Hong Kong, you call right. them Sifu. But when a Sifu, who's an expert, adopts you as their student, then the second character, Fu, changes to the character that means father. Now, it is pronounced exactly the same. So Sifu, a technical expert, and Sifu, your Kung Fu father, is actually pronounced the same, but the Fu character is different. One means expert, one means father. So um, that's why you should never just call somebody Sifu who's not your personal Sifu, right? So you like if somebody happens to be a Sifu, but they're not your Sifu, you should call them Sifu and their name, like Sifu Sean, Sifu Wong, Sifu Bill. But if they're your own personal Sifu, you can just say Sifu. Yeah, so basically, there should be only one person you call Sifu, and that's your own Sifu. But everyone else could be Sifu John, Sifu Bill, Sifu Mike, whatever, right? Um, and so I address this guy as Sifu so-and-so by his Chinese name because I did it out of respect. He's not my Sifu, but I called him Sifu and his Chinese surname, because that's actually what you do, right? And then, you know, I said, well, sorry, I'm like, you know, we're just, my friend is a Jeet Kune Do expert. I do Wing Chun. It's just, it's a discussion. A podcast is like, I'm trying to explain to him what the hell a podcast right. is. And then he's like going, no, Bruce Lee didn't really, didn't understand force theories and all this. And I'm just going like, you know, back in the day, because he probably knew Bruce Lee and Bruce, and even though he was Bruce Lee seeing, Bruce Lee probably smacked him around at some point and he's had, he's had this thing up his butt for many years and now Bruce Lee's been dead for over 40 years. So it's a very safe thing to talk shit about this guy, right? So, so anyway, he then said, oh, I feel very strange that you addressing me as Sifu. But the thing is, I didn't just call him Sifu, I called him Sifu and his name, which right. is correct Chinese etiquette. And I said, uh, so-and-so Sifu, I go, I addressed you as, as the, with the term technical coach. I even put the Chinese character in there. Yeah. I didn't address you as Sivu with the father, which is only one person or whatever. And then he basically said, oh, okay. So the funny thing is, is this guy who, 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 who stamps, on, on, he stamps his you know, Wing Chun Bible on, on the podium for everyone to listen to him was actually in error when it came to some very simple Chinese traditional thing. And me, the you know white guy or whatever, was the one who corrected him. But we are meant to believe that his memory of events that are 50 to 60 years old is infallible. And his opinion is not the least bit tainted by any kind of personal anger or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, if, yeah, I mean, know, what's his deal with Bruce Lee? Let the man I, I remember when this message just started recipes. coming in. Yeah. I was like, Alex, you got to take care of this because I'm, I'm going to just. Yeah, I had, to, I had to do some of my Chinese voodoo on him to get I him to calm like, down. 
I would like you because I mean you folks know me now. The way I was gonna deal with it was not with proper etiquette. You know, I was gonna invite him to take his fucking much needed dirt nap. And... <laughs> well, you know, with 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 the Chinese, when you've been around Chinese sifus, like hardcore Chinese sifus who who do not bend to Western culture at all, it's just a matter of learning three or four Jedi mind tricks. When you master these three or four Jedi mind tricks, they are just like clay in your hands after a while. And that's it. Like maybe maybe on a future podcast, I will discuss the Jedi mind tricks in dealing with Chinese people. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'd probably just rather keep them to myself. <laughs> it's part of the secret of my success, if I'm quite honest here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, dude? We have a huge announcement. I mean, it's not really huge, but it's for huge. us. It's huge. It's huge. The best. The I best. Use, it's all the best announcements. I'm not going to go there. Um, if you're a, if you're a uh, a loyal listener to the podcast, you will know that we've been having some fun with the uh, U.S. state of South Dakota because none of these motherfuckers will listen to the podcast. That's we, right. We we have a we get a list of um, countries and within the United States of America, a list of all the um, amount of downloads per state. And the state of South Dakota was the only state in the nation that had no downloads until today. Until today. Until today. Somebody in South Dakota downloaded the podcast. And you sent me the, the, the screenshot, and it's literally one. One. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally one. And whoever you are, thank you. And even if you're just like, some guy from Chicago. Uh, yeah, I assume somebody's <laughs> driving from Chicago to Montana just drove through South Dakota on the way over there and just downloaded it while they were on the road just to appease us a little bit. That's also <laughs> highly likely. Appease us means just shut, get us to shut the fuck up about yeah. it. But I thought we'd have some fun with this. Here we go. So, I looked at the, uh, the countries that we have the downloads in. And I, and, I, and I copied the top 20, and I said to myself, I bet Alex can't name the top 10 I countries. And some, some of the countries, I was actually surprised. I was actually, mm -hmm. wow, really? Mm -hmm. so, of, so of all our downloads, Alex is going to try and name the top 10 countries Jeez. that we have our downloads in. That's a lot of countries. Can I, can I at least try to get the top five? <laughs> okay, <a> so <laughs> go, go with the top five. All right. Well, it's certainly the USA has got to be, if it's not number one, it's got to be. It's number one. Okay. Um, I would assume in the top five is also Germany as well. Number four. Number four, yeah, because Germany, obviously, Wing Chun is big. Uh, and also, I have that sexy German name, so that must bring a lot of... Richter! Um, what about uh, England, UK? That's number two. Number two, all right. Um, Canada. Number three. Number three. Wow, so I got one, two, three, four. Yes. Whoa. Good luck number from here. Five. <laughs> the number five. Uh, wow. Um, that is really difficult to... Australia? Yes. Holy crap, I got, number... I got all five? Yes. So wow. the, the top wow. five are the go. United States, the United Kingdom... Canada, Germany, and Australia. Wow. Holy now, there's a, there's a huge Wing Chun community in Australia. Absolutely. David Peterson's from there. Too, yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. But now, how about six through ten? No chance. Uh, you know what? 
I've learned one thing in my many years of being married. You quit while you're ahead. Okay. <laughs> I, well, got the, I got the top five. I'm not, I'm not going to make, now make myself look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to just read them out if you don't mind. Okay, I'm going yeah, go go to just go, I'm gonna go down to number 20. Just cause okay, I'm sure. actually impressed by it. So number six is Sweden. Wow. Yeah, Sweden is a lot of... I know some Wing Chun people in Sweden, sure. Number seven is Hong Kong. Wow. I didn't realize we had so many in Hong Kong. And number eight is Spain. Uh-huh. Okay. And number nine is the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. And a lot of Wing Chun there. I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't... yeah, sure. Well, that's that's where uh, um, the, the EW Joe at school's there for a while. That's where oh. the, the infamous Sifu Sergio is from and also uh, uh, Benno... Um, uh, Benno Westro is also there too. So that it's oh, okay. I didn't well know that. Yeah, sure, sure. Number 10 is Ireland. Mm hmm. Yeah. Number 11 is New Zealand. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Number 12, due to our friend Mr. David Peterson, Malaysia. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. 13, Austria. Okay, yeah. 14, 14 Singapore. Mm hmm. 15, Brazil. Wow. Yeah, not bad, right? 16 is Denmark. Okay, yeah, also a lot of Wing Chun in Denmark. 17 is the Czech Republic. Yeah, it's a lot of Wing Chun in the Czech Republic. I know some people, sure. You know people all over. Yeah. I, I, I know people on Flatbush Avenue. <laughs> well, WT, I mean, Learning Things Association, say what you want yeah. about him, but it's definitely oh, he, he international. Yeah. So number 18 is Switzerland. Yeah, sure. N number 19 is France. Okay. And number 20, Turkey. Oh wow! Yeah, of course, of course. Lots of the, the very famous Sifu Emin Bostep. It was Turkish, and lots of hardcore Turkish Wing Chun people out there. Sure, sure. That's awesome. I was wow, actually so really cool. impressed by this. You know, I was yeah, like, yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, again, like we were talking about, this is a new medium, and it's amazing. There'd be no way we could reach that kind of audience in the past, and and you know, hopefully now with the new things that we're going to implement in the uh, upcoming season four, we'll be able to expand uh, quite a bit as far as that goes. Yeah, season four is going to be. Uh... I mean, it's going to be incredible. We're going to have some nice changes. Nice, uh, nothing to scare anybody. This is, it's going to still be Sean and Alex, but there's, <laughs> there's going to be, um, a lot more to season four. I mean, we, we have uh, an executive producer now, so that means who's we're got some pretty up. good ideas of things going on. We even have a mailbox in Midtown Manhattan now, so it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have a mailbox. That's right. It's got that's our right. name on it. That's right. If you guys want to send correspondence to the dudes of Kung Fu, you can send it or, to Or, more importantly, yes. if you want to send gifts. Gifts, money, cash, anything uh, that's not obscene and or against any federal or state okay. laws. I'm not against the obscene. <laughs> okay, I'm just against because because it's also at my place of business. Anything that's <laughs> against any federal or state laws, um, you can send it to Dudes of Kung Fu, ten twenty four Sixth Avenue, fifth floor, New York, New York one zero zero one eight. We have a mailbox and everything. It's kind we of like a, a fucking official. Although, for people who know, my school in Midtown Manhattan has two floors. I have the fourth floor and the fifth floor. And all my mail comes to the fourth floor. So, But, of course, because I also rent the fifth floor, I have a mailbox for the fifth floor, but no mail ever goes there because all the mail for my business goes to the fourth floor. So I'm like, I can make the fifth floor one the mailbox for dudes of Kung Fu. <laughs> and lo and behold, now we have a legit Sixth Avenue address, which – also happens to be City Wing Chun's second mailbox. <laughs> Shh, you're giving away our secrets, man. That's okay. Uh, any Google search would reveal that in half a second. <laughs> so uh, We, um, we want to yeah. thank everybody that ordered uh, T-shirts on the website. That's uh, really cool of you. I appreciate, we appreciate all the support. 
Yeah, post photos with those things and tag the dudes of Kung Fu on it. So put the t-shirt on and post a photo of it. That'd be awesome. Especially if you're good looking. <laughs> well, we can, we can fix them in Photoshop. Don't worry right, about that. Right, there you go. Forget we'll about put, We'll put your face on them. <laughs> I happen to be, I'm slightly overweight, but I'm a very good looking man. My mom told me that. <laughs> well, we all know moms would never lie about such a thing. Uh, well, yeah, no, you, I, when, when she hears me sing, she tells me I suck. So she's pretty <laughs> honest. So uh, for today's Cantonese lesson. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. So uh, I figured I'd, I'd teach you just kind of like uh, a, a typical greeting in Cantonese. And then I figure, you know, for our Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun listeners out there, maybe I'll teach them how to properly pronounce Bruce Lee's Chinese name. Uh, because I hear all sorts of kind of butchery when it comes to that. So, uh, and again, I'm not purporting to have the best Cantonese pronunciation, but mine is pretty good. See. Oh, is that, <laughs> is that your that's, guy? That, <laughs> you know that's, the, that's the IT guy in my job that I annoy that, with. That's the guy you're breaking with your Cantonese phrases. Yamogacha and you know, Fadila. You know what's so funny is, had you not sh shown me that photo, that is exactly what I expected him to look like. <laughs> like there was like no disconnect between the image I had in my head and what you just showed me on the screen right now. It's like every Chinese IT guy on the face of the planet. Every time I say Fadila, he just looks at <laughs> he turn, turns his head, he's like, I'm going to stab you in the neck. I'm going to stab you. Yeah, it is so funny. That is so funny. So, uh, okay, so when you want to say hi to somebody, okay, of course, there are a lot of people out there. You, you know what totally drives me nuts is, like, people who think they know Chinese, and they're like, oh, you oh, you could speak some Cantonese school. Hey, ni hao ma. And I'm just thinking, like, bro, that's Mandarin. <laughs> like, and, and, and you're also saying it really poorly, so just stop. Just stop right now. Um, in, in Cantonese, you know, when you say hi, you it's the same like in Mandarin. Obviously, the pronunciation is a little bit different. Um, but you basically, it, it's literally two words. And it's it's you and good. Like, you good? You know, it's kind of almost like saying, like, you good? You know, and, and, and it's uh, lei ho. Lei ho. Lei. So lei is you. And ho. Ho means good. So you hear ho all the time <laughs> in Chinese. Yes. Ho, 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 ho. So, you know, if, if somebody, if a Cantonese I knew, speaker growing comes, up, I knew a hoe and she was, <laughs> you can imagine if a Cantonese speaker comes to New York and then, you know, is saying ho, 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 in, 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 the, in, 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 in a certain mixed company or whatever they, yeah. they may, they may get in, in, in trouble saying that. Dang. So, um, the, the, the standard way is you say lay ho. Now you don't actually say lay ho ma, which would be the Cantonese equivalent of ni hao ma. Um, lay ho ma means more like how are you doing which is kind of like let's say you weren't feeling well before and i want to know like are you feeling better so it's right. a serious question you know like when when somebody asks you in english how's it going or how are you doing it's not a serious question it's just another way of saying hi right. but they, they say to you good. how are you feeling yeah exactly so so when you say lay ho ma you're asking more of a um personal like how are you actually doing but you just want to say hi you just say lay ho lay ho Right and and, uh, and and um, but more colloquially, the Cantonese actually say lei di ma. So lei is like you. Lei, dim. lei di, yeah. dim, 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 dim. Ah, yeah. And by the way, that dim is the same dim as dim sum, like dim sum. Oh, okay. And it's also the That's same dim, and it's the same dim as lok dim pun guan, because. Dim, dim is a, word, a strange word in Cantonese. Dim can mean point, it can mean part, 
And in this context, it could just mean how you doing. So I always make a joke with with my wife. It's like if you ever don't know a word for something, you just say "deem" in Cantonese. Because <laughs> "deem" apparently has fifty meanings or whatever. So literally, you just say "lei deem a lei deem lei deem deem deem" is like rising deem lei deem right? And then and then you could say "ngo ngo" is me. No, how do you say that? No, so just no. I'll, I'll teach you an easier way to say. It. Just say "aw," because that's actually how most say. So the the word is actually n g o h, but it has that 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 guttural no. sound, in, 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 which is actually "aw." But no. even even Cantonese speakers are kind of lazy, and they will usually cut off that n g, and they'll just say "aw." <laughs> so so "aw" like me is so, a ho ho, and then you say "a ho ho," which is I'm good. I'm very. It's actually I'm very good. How how do you say it again? Aw, ho ho, ho ho, ho ho, ho ho. It's a rising tone. So, so you, you just say it twice because Chinese is like this. If you say it once, like ho means good, and if you say ho ho, it means very good. Okay. So you literally just say me very good. Aw, ho ho, aw, ho ho. Yeah. So you say lady ma, aw, ho ho, lady ma, aw, ho ho, ho. Very good. There you go. So now you know how to greet somebody. Nice, nice. This is really so, good. Um, I like this. Yeah, yeah, and and it's also interesting because then you hear like, oh, late team, and then our Wing Chun people know theme is the same like lock theme, which right. is like six point, right? Um, or dim sum, dim sum, you know, like when you go sure. for dim sum. So um, Bruce Lee's name. So uh, as many people know, Bruce Lee had a stage name which was Little Dragon, and that was Lei Xiulong. Lei Xiulong. Lei, Lei is Lei is the Cantonese pronunciation for Lee because actually Lee is not pronounced Lee in Cantonese. Lee is only pronounced Lee in Mandarin. Oh. So, um, so in in Mandarin you would say Lee, but in Cantonese it's Lei. 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 It's actually same pronunciation as as the word for you, which I just taught you a moment ago. It's identical pronunciation. Lei. So, Lei. So Lei is Lee, and then Xiu. Siu with a rising tone, siu. Siu. That means little, and that's the same siu as siu lin tao, like uh, the name of our form, little idea, right. right? And then long. Long is like L-U-N-G, but it's kind of a low falling tone. Long. Long. Long means dragon. Long. So, yeah, so you say lei siu long. So it's literally like lei little dragon long. li, right? Or li little right, dragon. Right, 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 right. Now, what nice. a lot of people don't understand is, well, he had that nickname partially because he was born in the year of the dragon, but that was his stage name since he was a child because people always forget that Bruce Lee was a childhood actor. He had starred in a number of films when he was a kid and, and into his teens. He was kind of like a kind of a teen heartthrob in Hong Kong. Right. And then he disappeared. As far as Hong Kong audiences are concerned, you, you have to imagine he was like a teen heartthrob, this like kid star who became a teen heartthrob. Then he drops off the face of the planet for like... Uh, you know, maybe 13 years or so, and then comes back to Hong Kong and he's an ass kicker. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, because right, right. they didn't really know him as an ass kicker before. So um, sometimes you have to look at like what Bruce Lee was from the Hong Kong perspective was really, it was like if Macaulay Culkin didn't become a wasteoid, but he came back and he became like a top MMA fighter after you hadn't heard of him for 13 years. It's kind of like the same thing. You know what I mean? Right, right, so, right. Um, well, you know, Americans never think of other cultures in any kind of way right. other yes. than, you know, and, and I remember one time being with um, my Sifu and someone in front of him was making fun of Hong Kong movies. He said, he said something to the effect of like, 
Oh, I, I mean, I like the kung fu movies, but they, when they start flying around from rooftop to rooftop, it's bullshit. It's, a, it's bullshit. Nobody <laughs> in kung fu can do that. Nobody. And and, and I remember my Sifu turning around and saying, "Yeah, we much more practical if like if like a spider web shot out of his wrist and was able to swing, <laughs> then you can accept it, right? Right, 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 right. Or if you had a red cape with a big S on your chest, right? Because because well, because that's American. Now it's yes. okay, you know? right? Right. right. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so a lot of people mistakenly believe that that a moniker of Little Dragon Lei Xiaolong came when he went back to Hong Kong and then made like the Big Boss and Chinese Connection. But actually, he was already known as Lei Xiaolong since uh, Lei Xiaolong since he was a kid. But uh, Br- Bruce's real name, his given name, was Lei Zhen Fan. Lei Zhen Fan. Yeah, Zhen Fan, and which is where they get that Zhen Fan Kung Fu from, right? right. Of course, most people don't pronounce it because they say Jan Fan, Jun Fan or whatever, but it's Jun, 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 like a level tone. Jun, Jun, Fan, Fan. So like a double A, like a long, it's not Jun Fan, it's Jun Fan. So Lei Jun Fan. So Lei Jun Fan was his, was, his, was his given name. That was like right. his actual Chinese name, but uh, that he would only, and, and the interesting thing is Bruce had many names when he was a child. Like Saifeng, like like the um, the phoenix, they gave him the female name, right. and and what some of that had to do, you know, the story that was in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, that they gave him the female name to ward off this. That was actually true. Um, okay. That he had that as a. So that nickname. was the one right thing. That, that they was got. the one right thing that they got in that movie. And uh, the other thing, um, which was interesting, is when you look at Bruce Lee's school records, which um, for anybody who has got the chance to go to Hong Kong and go to the. Uh, the um, Hong Kong Heritage Museum in Shatin and see the Bruce Lee exhibit, which is amazing. They um, collected all this stuff, you know, from like you have Bruce Lee's books, like the ones from his shelf on the shelf there. You have all his training equipment. You can see it like in front of you. It's amazing. And for every Bruce Lee fan, it's it's unbelievable. You see his handwritten notes, his business cards, everything, right? right. Um, but what's interesting is when you look at his school records when he was a kid, he went by four I think about four different names. Wow. Like in, in his school records, he was actually registered under different names. And I don't know what the exact story behind that is. I know that Lei Zhen Fan was his actual name. Lei Xiulong was his stra- a, a stage name. And Sai Feng, the, the, the little phoenix or whatever, was just what they called him at home when he was very little to ward off the evil spirits right, right, right. by giving him a female name or whatever. But he actually had like, I think it was if three or four other names that he was actually registered in school, which is very interesting. I I need to maybe talk to, you know, maybe Jeff Chin or one of those Bruce Lee, you know, fanatics or whatever. Maybe they have an answer for me on that one because I I really, I really don't know. But anyway, that's your, your Cantonese lesson for the week and the last one for this season. Outstanding. This was a lot of fun, man. I had a great night tonight. Yeah. Today was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed our season three finale. We look very much forward to, uh, bringing lots of new and exciting stuff for you guys on season four. So we got some very interesting changes coming down the way. Um, all good, all super positive. Um, oh, absolutely. In, in the meantime, you know, we're going to take a very, very short break while we kind of get all these things ready. But if you have not listened to old episodes, please take the time to binge uh, listen to all of our old episodes. Let your friends know about it. Share it, like it, go to the Facebook page, like it, let people know about it. Follow us on Twitter, tweet us out, send us messages, let people know buy the t-shirts, take photos with it on there, tag dudes of Kung Fu in everything you post online, even if it has nothing to do with us. And let people know how much you love our podcast. And we look forward to bringing you guys new and exciting content in season four and beyond. 
Well, I'm, I want to tease one thing. Okay, go ahead. So many people have asked for this. There's going to be a way. I'm not saying what the way is now or anything like that. There's going to be a way. It's going to be possible that for one episode, you people out there, one of you, will be the third dude. The third dude. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, we get people asking us to do it all the time. Usually some people who we were like, okay, maybe. And some people were just like, no, this guy's terrible. No way. But now we, we will, we will, we will. Yeah. We're, we are going to, uh, uh, have, have, have a, a method- situation where we're have, have a, a method methodology, have a methodology, um, based on timing, speed and rhythm, uh, where you guys can become the third the rhythm method. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for a really super supportive season three. Uh, it was really amazing. And look forward to the next one. And we'll be back in a few weeks, right? A few weeks. We'll be back. We'll let you know. We'll post online. You guys will will know all about it when when we come. We will we will toot that horn. Everyone will know when the dudes are back. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye.